Oh, Arby, you were so brave. We all were. And by sticking together, we rid the world of those insidious beasts. You know, it's time to start living our lives right. No more dead-end jobs for Arby. We're safe and sound, and the future never looked brighter. And I've learned that protesting big business is narrow-minded and misguided. Maybe by pointing my finger at the corporate elite and special interest groups, I've really just been running away from my own insecurities. Isn't that right, little girl? Uh-huh. Hello, listening people. Oh, hello. Oh, hello, <laughs> Bartek. How well, are you doing? Good. We're, Brian, we're back. We're back. Well, that was that took a while. We had a good sleep. Yeah. But now the hibernation is over. Yeah. I ha- we, we all had to take a break. The entire world has actually taken a break since we've left. The entire world, especially Europe, said, Hey, we're not going to do anything while they're on hiatus. We don't want to stir the pot. So thank you, world, for taking a break with us and not doing anything. Some some coronavirus-related laws have eased a little bit. But then some balancing stuff happened and other things. I would things, so. love <laughs> to ask you a Polish fact, but I've been reading a lot about what Poland's <laughs> been up to recently, and some of it is, is good and some of it's very worrisome. So I'm going to skip that part of the well, show. I, to be honest, okay I, with you. I haven't really heard any of the worrisome stuff. Oh, that's so, fine. Yeah. That's fine. Just, just, just as I was thinking, like, put oh. Put your fingers in your ears and block <laughs> it out. La, 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 just la. as I was thinking that Poland's getting a little less cringy lately. <laughs> Hashtag cringe. But no, we are spitting Polish likingly because we're always spitting. We both happen to be Polish. To again reinstate of everybody who's been, uh, who hasn't listened to us or haven't listened to in a while. I'm Ryan. That's Bartek over there. Yes, that's me, Mister K. No, that's only some people call me that. You know who? You know who you are listening. You're the one. You know if you're the special one, I could go call them Mister K. Well, you can call me Sir. Uh, Vartek. I've been actually called Miss a fair few times lately. We miss. Well, it's the beard that gives like, it away. Guys, I know you usually have a female teacher, but well, I just said I'm a teacher now, so they're- Well, you've said it before. Yeah. I have, yeah, that's true. I don't care. We're all your students. Teach us teach us about what our podcast is. Uh, so if you turn to page 175 of your textbook, you would see that there is a subheading, Spit and Polish Presents. Uh, I'll just read it out to you because students these days don't read from textbooks out loud anymore. No. Um, Spit and Polish Presents is a podcast run by two Polish gentlemen, mm. Ryan Slowinski and Bartek Kaspczyszak. Or as one YouTube commenter said, some funny Polish boys. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Thank you. I think they also said strange at some point yeah. in that sentence. I still remember the one that was like a... Two idiots talking. Yeah, that's how we work. In fact, that was funny because that episode had three, I'm pretty sure, too. It did, yes. <laughs> Which one wasn't the idiot? We'll have to guess. <laughs> um, it was started in October of 2015, so it's been quite a while now. Yeah. Um, and back then, we did a show called Unappreciated Masterpieces. We finished that, and now we're doing Pictures Powwow. And you're listening right now to the newest episode, well, I just dated the episode, of Pictures Powwow. Well, it's always going to be dated. By the time it comes out, it is dated. Because, in fact, we release this after we've recorded. It's not live. Mm. This isn't live. There may be some editing tricks like this. Or like this. Or like this. <laughs> and the fun thing is I'm not going to edit anything and they're going to assume that I have. Uh, just put in me going like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, 
I am good. You're Ryan, you're good at turning me on. <laughs> you should probably ignore that. Oh, it's like that show with the yellow people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's a... Mm, okay, great way to phrase it, but yes. <laughs> Homer Simpson is yellow. <laughs> Thank you. I know, I know there's one prick <laughs> listener out there who would listen to this going, that's not a nice thing to say about strange, uh, straight off... What's that show like, uh, Fresh Off the Boat? The show about the Asian-American family that's just fresh to America? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's that one prick out there who would have misinterpreted you that's and left true. a YouTube comment. But what is Pictures Powwow? Well, that's a great question, Martek. It's a it's a premise that we came up with together, but you came up with the name. You almost didn't use it, but then I said, no, we've got to lock that one in. That's a great name. And we can call it PP, you know, the original PP, unlike that other PP. Rhymes with TP. It rhymes with TP. Uh, and we talk about a movie that has come recommended. It goes in a cycle. It goes you, then me, then the listening people themselves. People can recommend. And we were left on a big cliffhanger. We 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 ended last year with the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. And then we were given the cliffhanger. Will they be back of you recommending a film, Bartek? Yep. You recommended a film. I reacted. Then we said, we'll be back in a little while. And then that little while was a few months. And now we're back. And the film you recommended was? It was the 2006 trauma film, Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. We're back. This, how how we've circled back because we started with a trauma film technically, mm-hmm. and now we're back with a trauma film. This one made by Mr. Trauma himself. Yeah, yeah, Mr. MCU star himself. <laughs> oh <Charles>. yeah, he <laughs> is. In the- <laughs> I always forget that. <laughs> Never forget that. I've he's seen. In the, I've seen. <laughs> I've seen that film, but I didn't notice him in it, so it's hard oh, for me man. to think of I it. I could not not notice him, and I'm like, <laughs> hey, it's Lloyd. <laughs> So we both have a familiarity with trauma. We've mm-hmm. done a couple of trauma-related materials, but not this directly before. Mainly, we've done films that trauma has acquired after the release and then put their name on it. That's yeah, what we do. so we've done Cannibal the Musical, which is one that they acquired and mm-hmm. pretty wholeheartedly is part of the brand, like Trey and mm-hmm. Matt Stone and Parker and mm. names uh, they, they speak while you do speaking yes me mm. um yeah they're they're very close with lloyd kaufman apparently or kaufman however it said uh even in the trivia for this movie it was mentioned that they were going to be in the film yes um but that didn't end up happening and then we also did mr scarface on <laughs> mystery box mystery box i almost forgot wow, Bartek, do we need to take five so that you can re-familiarize yourself with the law yeah re-familiarize myself with my favorite show that we've done that yeah, yeah yeah one that was very fun and i hope still i still say this but uh one day Hopefully we can get back to it. We've got a box filled with DVDs, but we've had a relationship with Troma on the show. You and I have had one off the pod as well. I've seen a couple of Troma films. I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen Sergeant Kabuki Man at some point. I, I swear I've seen this movie at some point. I'm pretty mm. sure too. Uh, uh, I have was... also seen uh, Citizen Toxie, and of course I've seen the first Toxic Avenger, but I then skipped all the way to Citizen. Toxic, yeah. Like Toxic Avenger Four, which the, the sec- is a personal favorite of mine. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I've only seen the first Toxic Avenger, and every time it's brought up, you mention Citizen Toxie. <laughs> so it always gives me this mystery of like, what are two and three like? Are they actually decent? <laughs> they're no Citizen Toxie. Well, I know they're no Citizen Toxie, but. <laughs> 
what the, are they? Just the names. <laughs> Citizen Doxy. And but you've seen a couple yourself. You, yeah. you mentioned them over the years. Over the years of this podcast, you've mentioned a few of them. Yeah, I have Romeo and Juliet being yes, the big one. Yes, that was my second choice for this episode. Was was that the one James Gunn wrote on? Yes. Or did he? Yeah, he wrote Tromeo and Julia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The right. Lloyd Kaufman still directed it, but he wrote that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I haven't seen as many as I, maybe I've led myself to uh, led everyone to believe. Um. Basically, somewhere around 2012 to 2015, Troma had a YouTube channel where they mm-hmm. just uploaded almost everything. Yeah. If you go to the Wikipedia page for Troma now, you'll find out that it didn't meet community standards, so it's long gone. Uh. Um. And I saw most of their films on there. I think the only ones that I own on DVD are Toxic Avenger One and Cannibal the Musical. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I didn't see too many during that time, but I saw a couple, and you know, kind of got myself a little familiarized with. I wonder if Mr. Scarface was on there. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't see it listed on their um, Wikipedia page when I was looking through the lists. I'm like, oh, maybe that's one they don't They're talk about much. About. Yeah. Uh, or maybe one that they hide in a vault, and it's like, ah, oh, this is our special place. <laughs> yeah, with the day the clown <laughs> cried. Yeah, they hide it right next to that one. Um, <laughs> the same vault. Yeah, so I have seen uh, Toxic Avenger One, uh, Tromeo and Juliet, Cannibal the Musical, Sergeant Kabuki Man. Mm. Uh, and this one. So it's those five are the main ones that I'm familiar with. I'm, I don't. Mm. Oh, and Mr. Scarface, I suppose. And Mr. Scarface. Of so, course. so those are really the only six that I've seen, and I don't remember too much about Kabuki Man, but <sighs> I remember the monkey. I like the monkey. Yeah. So, uh, let's get into it. Poultry Geist, uh, the Night of the Living. Was it Chicken Night- Dead? Night of the Chicken Dead. Sorry. This, this is it's a very complex film. You recommended this, so walk us through your history and why this one over Tromeo. I'm curious, why this one over Tromeo and Juliet as well? Because that's the one that's been brought up the most. Yeah. Well, part of it was like a bit of a subversion because we mentioned it pretty recently on the podcast. I think in The Other Son, because we were talking about Mm. like other families and Mm. there was a twist in Tromeo. Um, So there was a slight twist, but also this was one that I always remembered really liking. Um, I've, I enjoy, you know, comedy musicals and this is one. Um, and it's also part of this trauma brand, which I'm again, haven't seen too much from, but it does seem to be this sort of, uh, modern or modern at the time, countercultury, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gross out, just doing things for the love of filmmaking, uh, kind of cinematic universe we could actually say that because a lot of the films are set in tromaville including this one yeah i mean he wears a toxie shirt he, he wears, wears a yeah he wears a shirt from the first film um so i thought like oh you know we have done in quotes trauma films before why not uh actually dip into one for real like one that's actually by the founder lloyd, man, lloyd yeah yeah so I was aware of this movie for a very long time. This was one of those infamous movies when growing up that was like, oh, dude, have you heard about this movie? My, I had my, there's a friend of mine from, from school that I'm still very good friends with, Tim. Okay. He was that friend who would, I swear, be the guy who never really watched movies or shows, but then would come out of the blue and recommend me one, and he would give me some... DVD and it was usually a burnt copy 
of something and it was usually one of the worst things I've ever watched. Like <laughs> he would say like Chicken Park is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And then I watched it and it's just fucking awful. Yeah. I know I know that you often bring up your friend Jack who recommends <laughs> like some Yes. He recommended right? Yes. And he, yeah. he showed me Toxic Avenger and Citizen Toxie. Oh, okay. And and uh, we watched the trailer for Kabuki Man on one of those DVDs. So I was like, oh man, I go watch Sergeant Kabuki Man because <laughs> he appears in Citizen Toxie. Yeah, and a scene from that film is in this film. Yes. So, uh, uh, so I um, I I knew of this one. This one was probably uh, at this like for a very long time considered like one of the bigger, better, more well-known trauma films. It was like, oh, you haven't heard of poultry? You haven't seen poultry, guys? That's how it was. It's one of those where, here's how I put it to you. I go to my local DVD store, you know, JB Hi-Fi. I'll walk in there and it will be there. Mm-hmm. That's how big it is in their in their canon. Like, when I go to the DVDs, I'm not going to find Tromeo and Juliet there. Even though for people who know Troma, that's probably like a better film or like a more well-regarded, also like interesting film history-wise because James Gunn wrote it. Yep. But general mass appeal i and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think poultry guys is one of their big ones one of their big hitters one of their more like the titles at least well known it's it's one of the ones actually directed by lloyd kaufman too so usually those are the ones you think of when you think of trauma films so i watched it at some point or rather and i remembered i i thought it was fine i thought it was enjoyable i i i remember saying to myself "Eh, it's no cannibal the musical though yeah, I def- uh, Cannibal Musical is one of my big favorites, so I uh, can't really. And I'll say it now, having rewatched it, it's still no Cannibal. Yeah, uh, it lacks good musical numbers in comparison to Cannibal. Mm. Like Cannibal to me has better musical numbers, and uh, I-, I I can't remember if I've watched or if coming to my brain the other trauma films that are like the ones by Lloyd. If I've seen any, like, did he do? He must have done Toxic Adventure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Toxie is the mascot of the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, um, if any of his other ones I've seen are musicals, because what I'm going to say is like Trey and Matt throughout their entire career have always done musicals. Oh, yeah, for sure. So when you go back and watch- Book of Mormon, anyone? Yeah. And obviously South Park, the movie and yep. South Park episodes and go team, not team America, team America has songs in it that are made for team america as well yeah it's got a couple even yeah, yeah i wouldn't necessarily say it's a musical it's just like they have the songs in the movie as well but so they've always been very musical so cannibal the musical even though it's like their first real outing it, you look at it and go okay i can see the the building blocks here this one for me uh, not as much into the songs as as, as uh, you know if i'm going to compare the two and overall I, the songs weren't what i was getting the comedy from while in cannibal a lot of the times the songs were the laughs for me yeah. the, the visuals especially for the songs for sure uh so talk to me about what it was like revisiting this so this was my third time seeing the film. Mm-hmm. The first two times were really close together. First time was just me on my own, and I remember, you know, being really into it, really liking it. The second time was me showing the film to our friends Reese and Stefan. Mm-hmm. Um, you've often said that our friend Reese tends to adapt to the people that he's hanging out with. Yes. Um, and in this situation, that wasn't really in my favor because Stefan hated this film. <laughs> he, he despised it. I'm not shocked. Not shocked. Um, so, Reese, I don't necessarily think he hated it, but he was kind of on the, you know, meh side of it. Mm. And I was kind of a bit bummed like that. Cause like, oh, it's, it's a good film. Like, it's, 
it's not actually, you know, like bad film, but it like kind of plays into that sort yeah. of trauma B movie, uh, not aesthetic, but like style. Yeah. Um, and I could see that that wouldn't necessarily be for everyone. So, you know, when Stefan said like, oh, it's a bad film, like nothing good about it. I'm like, well, it's, I guess it's just not for you. I, but I, you know, I defended it in that regard. Yeah. Um, so me checking it out uh, this morning, actually, long time since that last viewing, uh, kind of looking at it from a fresh perspective, and there are a few more things, yeah, this time around that uh, bugged me about it, which, you know, kind of brought it down for me. I still like and admire a lot of things about it, but yeah, there's just a lot that I would probably change or mm-hmm. wish were different. Yes. Yep. So... I watched it this morning as well by myself, and I, um, yeah, I, here's how I'm going to describe it. It's a movie that's 25 minutes too long. Yeah. The fact that this is over 80 minutes is, is an insult, yeah. honestly. Like, like, this movie is almost two hours long. Yeah, it's on the like just over hundred minute mark, I think. That's intolerable. That's it's it's unforgivable, almost because this is the type of comedy that you need it to be short and sweet. That and was... it is not like you know what I loved about Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Mm-hmm. It was six episodes. It wasn't forty episodes. Yeah, it was short, sweet. It didn't outstay its welcome. It's gone. It's done. They're twenty minute episodes. Done. 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 This is too long, and it sags, and it wanders from place to place. There's a section... Okay, so early on, I forgot it was a musical, honestly. I was like, oh, okay. And it's like ages, it feels like, for a musical number to kick in. I was like, oh, whoa, that's right, this is a musical. And then there's a section in the movie, I want to say, you know, after the 30-minute mark, where it's just song after song after song, like they just... Tap on each other. Then yeah, there's they, no songs they have for like, ages again. Yeah, they have like, like the romantic song, the Colonel song, and then the Lloyd Kaufman one. Yeah, and so it's like one after the other, and then there's a big gap again. And that's what I mean of it's too, uh, like, unwieldily paced. Yes, there's a lot of imbalance issues. I was feeling that as well, for sure. And also with the thing with the songs is like when I, th- when I thought back on the film, I'd be like, mm. oh, yeah, I like that song and that song. Um, and then when I started watching the film, I'm like, how many other songs were there? Was it actually only just like three or four? And sure enough, yeah, it, they're very mm-hmm. awkwardly placed. Like you said, the first song plays probably just a little too late in where you would expect yeah. the first song to be. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, Rocky Horror, outside of uh, the the science fiction double feature, Brad and Janet, bam, it starts, off you go. You have a few lines of dialogue and then, bam, you're into a musical number. Here, it's... Like, you have a very funny comedic opening scene that's goofy and over-the-top, and it sets the tone of what this style of comedy is going to be. And then it goes on, and then there's a musical now, and you're like, oh, it's a musical too now? Okay. So so that's my biggest critique of it on this rewatch factor, is the fact that this is over 80 minutes is is insulting like i i i it goes it, it loses major marks and you know me i'm not somebody who's as major of a stickler for movies being over 90 minutes say mm-hmm. like yeah i don't mind a long movie but uh this is a great example of 
The comedy was ruined by its length. It was just too long. It outstayed its welcome. Yeah, usually when it comes to comedies, you might be a bit more of a Like, anytime someone even mentions the name Aquaman, your instant reaction is, how dare that movie be, you know, however long it is. It's longer than 2001 (laughs) A Space Odyssey. How fucking dare that movie? And that's the thing. Superhero movies are, are bloated, too. They think they're so fucking important that they need to be three hours long about fucking Batman. Yeah, Toxic Avenger wasn't that long. Yeah, exactly. And so so that's my big thing. Like, so because it's so long, there's just so many jokes that don't work for me. And if this movie was tighter, I know for sure that they would cut down and focus in more because I've seen other movies do that with trauma. Again, Cannibal the Musical gets to the point it does its thing. Okay, let's go to a Lloyd one. Uh, 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 Toxic Avenger. You know, it doesn't, it didn't, in my recollection, it's been a while since I've seen that one, did not stay as welcome. But this one reminded me of Sergeant Kabuki Man in a lot of ways, where Sergeant Kabuki, Kabuki Man was also kind of drags its feet in places and isn't, and the difference between that and this one is Sergeant Kabuki Man isn't as fun as you think it's going to be. Yeah, that's kind of why I don't remember as much. This one is, this one's fun and then it just... It's that guy at the party who will not stop interrupting to tell jokes. Like, he's like, oh, you have an emotional time? I'm going to tell it. Shut up, Lloyd. I'm done, okay? You know, there's there's so many points in the movie where it's just like, okay, can we... Yeah, one of the things that I was thinking of when I mentioned there's an imbalance is this movie... It has a variety of different jokes or type of jokes it wants to tell. Like, you know, you might have a joke where, like, something funny happens during a sexual encounter, something gross out happens, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Meta-quality jokes. Meta-quality jokes, yep, breaking the fourth wall. Um, Ignorance, racism kind of things. like Genre pastiching. Yep. Um, And I feel like they had... Similar to what you were saying with the musical numbers, like, too many close together, a lot of, like, sex scene jokes, just, Mm. there were so many of them that I was thinking, like, oh, my God, if someone, I guess, hypothetical Stefans, you know, if you're watching this film, you don't really know what it is, there are so many, like, sexual encounters before we even get to, like, the the colonel showing up the first time that it's almost like, Oh, is this guy showing me like a porn or something like that? It was was getting a bit like, you know, guys, see for me, I think I'm a little bit of the opposite in terms of the movie sets itself up like that. The opening's a sex scene. It's about them fucking on some corpses that are fingering his butthole. So it's like, okay, I know what I'm in for. Yeah. Comedy-wise, the sex is going to be there. I just got annoyed that the sex dies down as the movie goes along, and then it peaks again, and then it dies down again. Yeah, it's kind of like the weird ratio balance with the zombie comedy kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I want to mention, because we're being very critical of it, first off, is... Uh, and you mentioned it with your your uh, friend Stefan, how he didn't like the movie, and you were like, oh, well, you know, in the defense. The thing about a trauma film, especially one like this, is they're practically invulnerable to criticism yeah. because of what they are. They're low budget. They're almost guerrilla filmmaking in lots of ways. They are just having a laugh and having some fun. It's a comedy, and it's dumb on purpose. You can't criticize. And there is a level of, like, of course you can criticize it, but 
that was ever so prevalent with me when I was watching it. I was like, how do I talk about this without people going, guys, don't be assholes. Don't you get it? It's trauma. Mm. I understand. I want to just lay that on the table now. We know this. Ryan and I had a legitimate discussion many, many, many years ago when we were doing unappreciated masterpieces where I said, like, oh, we should probably do, like, a trauma film at some point. Mm -hmm. And then we basically had this discussion of, like, but how would we do that? Because we try to do the films that, you know, failed in some regard, but these films aim for something completely different from what we're aiming at. And Troma is on purposely aiming to be schlocky. Like, Troma is never really trying to make a legitimately great film. They are trying to make legitimately great cult B-movies. Yes, that aim for a lot for shock exploitation. And that's where I want to move into another little thing that I was thinking about, is mm-hmm. a film person like Lloyd, who they're businessmen. That's what they are. You know, they're a business person. Oh, how can I maintain the empire yep. of my schlock? You know, how do I make movies for the cheap? The person that I love so much is Roger Corman, right? Roger Corman, you know of Roger Corman. He's the famous, you know, movie. He did Little Shop of Horrors, the original one, because he won, you know, because like, can we make a movie in three days? That's how we do it. And he, you know, he's the one that made that Fantastic Four movie that didn't get released, right? Yeah. Yes. And he's made, you know, he's responsible for so many things. And Roger Corman is a businessman and is a very eloquent businessman. And there are a few times in his career where he tried to make legitimately good movies and they were failures. So he stopped trying on purpose to make good movies. Sometimes he would, what he would do as a business model, and this is where I feel a little bit a little bit less warm towards Lloyd, I guess, is uh, uh, not fully because Lloyd has someone like James Gunn who went on to succeed, but Roger Corman would get real talent, like somebody who's like, no, this person's got talent to them, an actor, a director, so on, and let them do what they could with the budget he would give them. And then those people would actually spark off into something else. Like in Little Shop of Horrors... Jack Nicholson's in that. A young Jack Nicholson's in that movie. It's like, oh, let, let's have Jack in it. You know? So, well, with Lloyd, it's like, these people could only exist in the trauma world. Mainly. Like, these actors, they can only really exist in these trauma films. There was actually a list of people who, like, before they were famous, made a start in trauma films. And there's quite a... Quite a lot of surprising names there, actually. Uh, yeah. Like Oliver Stone and stuff like that. So that's what I was going to ask, because you kind of know a little bit more about that side of things. Like, this is me just talking out my ass a bit, where I just go, oh, there's James Gunn, and there's like one or two other notable people here and there. But it's like, to me, I, I find the Roger Corman approach to doing these schlock films to be where my interest lies, because he's just making movies well, like, I wouldn't say that I w- he's ever trying to aim to make movies to be cult classic schlock fair on purpose. And that's where my big divide with trauma films comedy lies is they are trying so hard to be, you know, the things that they are, edgy, gross, offensive, schlocky. They're trying so hard that it's that it gets in the way sometimes for me where it's like okay we get it you're trying to be this and there's also this interesting dynamic where the the persona that lloyd kaufman gives himself that you see in like you know videos where he's talking or whatever Mm -hmm. is this really eccentric you know politically incorrect 
guy mm-hmm. that it makes it believable that like oh yeah these films were made by this guy yeah like i remember on the the internet show angry video game nerd there was, I was gonna e- bring that up yeah there we go yeah there was an episode where lloyd kaufman uh was the guest and they played a bunch of like trauma related games like toxic avenger mm-hmm. and you know for people that were fans of trauma that was like oh yeah james got on lloyd that's gonna be funny and then there was the other half who didn't know who this guy was and was just like, who the fuck is this crazy guy that is in this episode? Why is he being given so, the same so much attention? The same happened with uh, Gilbert Gottfried. When Gilbert Gottfried came on for an angry video game nerd, people who didn't know who Gilbert Gottfried was was like, why is this yelling man playing <laughs> games with Rolf? Why is he here? Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know about that one. I thought he was a bit more well-known. No, there were people like, why is he? There was a mixture with that one because also it's like Gilbert's playing a character from the game that they're playing, but it's like Gilbert doesn't know the game, so he's just being Gilbert in a costume. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, look, I don't mind trauma overall, but with these type of co- comedy people, I, we've talked about. I've talked about with uh, Trey and Matt as well. Yeah, like I like them, but there are limits to my love of them. They're not the ones that I go to. Like I'm not going to put on a trauma film like you are going to put on a trauma film because I do have my breaking point with with this their their overt uh, their their overt attempts at being funny that's where it is it doesn't they just it is really and that's a part of the appeal that's a, like I, i'm not dumb it is their brand it is their image it is their iconography of they are that kid in high school who's flicking the boogers at you because it's really funny and that's it like they are the gar- they should have made garbage pail kids the movie mm, yeah if you had to give the garbage pail kids to anyone to make. Uh, Lloyd, I'd be looking it's at Lloyd. Trauma. Where are you, Lloyd? And Michael Hurst. We haven't mentioned him, but the other yeah, guy. Michael Hurst. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, to get back to Poultrygeist, I really love the violence, of course. I love the practical effects. They are obviously shit, but uh, yeah. there's a charm to that. It reminds me, of course, of Peter Jackson's early days where he would make schlocky horror films that were over-the-top comedic and i like that the the setting of the american chicken bunker restaurant mm-hmm. like it kind of evolved as the film went on become more messy you know kind of got, not like spider webs but like the chicken green yeah. goo stuff covering yeah. it yeah it's it's another one of those films where like you get attached to the location because the film's set in just one place yeah yep 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 and they know how to use that location they know they give us a great sense of the geography uh, but overall, the film is a comedy, and I did laugh quite a bit. Uh, not as much as I was hoping, honestly. Uh, like my favorite joke is almost an—it's an off-camera joke. It's a piece of audio that you hear off-camera from Lloyd himself, which uh, I imagine this is one that would make you laugh as well. There was something like where that, he wasn't says there? to the other chicken zombie, uh, "Okay." We're going to walk over to them slowly and menacingly, okay? That's what you hear off the camera. It cuts to our main two uh, uh, characters as he's about to explain the whole alcohol kills them Mm -hmm. type of deal. But when it cuts over to them, you just hear Lloyd say something like that. It was like, okay. He's talking to the other zombie. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to walk over very slowly and menacingly towards them. And that made me laugh the most in the entire movie because it's just such an unnecessarily weird touch that I found it endearing. 
that's the type of humor that I enjoyed. And I also very much enjoyed, again, the Garth Marenghi and or slash Soviet Western style humor in which it is. And the lesson we've learned today. There was, is, so for context, for anyone that doesn't know, Soviet Western's a show that Ryan and I and a few others put on at the end of our drama university degree. Uh, we've referenced it a lot on this show because it was it's basically a show we made that shows our sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you reference it a lot. And I, too, was looking at some things in this film's like, that's did we, did we rip this film off? We like did exactly this thing. like the nah. like yeah, when yeah, when yeah. when RB, the main guy, like turned to the camera to like explain, like, I didn't mean to offend Native Americans. We understand that you know they're. <laughs> You know, noble people and alcohol, you know, killed their pride mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, we did two gags like that in Soviet Western. We had the lesson at the end. Mm-hmm. A lot of Wendy's mannerisms reminded me of our female lead ish yeah, character, the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, I'm announcing my emotion. I'm Out really loud. happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the girl in the movie that does the girl thing. Yeah, I got a lot of laughs out of out of that type of thing. I also got a lot of laughs. I got a lot of laughs out of Arby and Wendy, honestly. The rest of the characters were mainly misses for me when it comes to their brain of humor. Like I really liked uh the the two leads actually. I, I really enjoyed their absurd kind of Brad and Janet chemistry and like the the whole lesbian thing in there, and you said college wouldn't change you, and <laughs> and I liked that type of humor far more than the guy who gets stabbed through the dick with a broom, and he's like, "Look at me, I'm I'm a stereotype man," and then there's like the guy who gets turned into a chicken sandwich guy, and he's like, "I'm a gay guy, but no one can handle." That stuff isn't what I'm here for. I really like the, the the that kind of silliness with the two leads and like with Lloyd turning up as the older version mm. of our main character inexplicably, and he's just like, "Don't you get it? I'm you." <laughs> <laughs> and I like that because he did legitimately look like the lead guy, but older. It was good casting. <laughs> was yeah, I really noticed that. <laughs> so, and I find Lloyd to be charming as an actor. Like when he shows up in his movies, I'm always happy or when i've seen him like do sketch things or gags and other material i always smile and go there he is he was in guardians of the galaxy (laughs) he will be in he will be again um yeah at this point yeah he'll go on to be but like he you know he was in guardians of the galaxy oh cute it's lloyd he got the (laughs) he's fun so he's a fun figure uh uh what about you what was it what was some kind of the highlights for you on the rewatch yeah, again, like, a lot of the Wendy stuff did get to me as well, because it did remind me of that showgirl character that we had. Almost like, you know, is it bad acting, or is she playing to mm-hmm. that sort of performance? It was really good. Um, and obviously, Arby, our main character, he he gets involved with all the variety of gags that I mentioned earlier. So, like, you know, he gets covered in the gross stuff. He says, like, really deadpan lines, like, mm-hmm. when he calls Wendy, like, oh, you drunk because you want to drink this thing. Or when he was like, wait a minute, you know, and he's trying to put together, like, alcohol's their weakness. <laughs> like, I, even though it was, like, heavily explaining the joke, that's the kind of thing that I find really I really funny. like the cut, like, the cutbacks to the previous parts of the movie, including the scene that just happened two seconds ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, from a slightly different angle. <laughs> like, that. that was really clever. I thought that, like, like when the movie played around with being a movie as well, mm. those type of meta tricks, I enjoyed that, too. I wish they would push to do that more when I was watching it. 
Uh, but as you were saying? Yep. Um, in terms of the songs, the one that I've always thought about is the fast food love song, the mm-hmm. love song between the two of them. I've listened to it a couple of times over the years, but hadn't really watched the video. Mm-hmm. So watching this film again, I was like, oh, it's the song I know, but you know, the visuals aren't as familiar to me. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is, it, it's got a lot of like little fast food gags and references like that. So it's almost like a little, you know, writing joke in mm-hmm. itself. Um, and then when you juxtapose that to like the two songs later, when you have uh, Arby and Lloyd singing mm-hmm. uh, together, that one feels a bit more rough, but in a way it's kind of, the roughness is kind of funny about it. It's like the, mm. the, the choreography's a bit weird, the rhythm's a bit weird, um, but it feels like it encapsulates, you know, that Lloyd Kaufman energy. It has the charm yeah. of uh, the freaks put a show together. <laughs> the song I hated the most, uh, hated, sorry, not hated the most, I didn't hate the songs, but the one I actually did not like was the general song. mm I, I actually watched it and went, is this Bartek's favorite song? I feel like because I, when he came in, I was like, is this Bartek's favorite character? Because he had that vibe to me, but then he didn't last very long. I don't know. He was a character that came in and I thought, oh, he's going to live up to this certain type of character thing. But then he just kind of waffled about and then kind of left the movie. Like he, his character wrapped up and his song I found intolerable and insufferable and I... I just didn't like it didn't wasn't very memorable to me like I couldn't even tell you what it what the lyrics or the general melody of it was I just kind of remember this a, a guy I just remember him Yeah the gag of the song was you know the protesters are leveraging mm-hmm. uh criticisms about his industry and he's responding with you know businessman PR mm-hmm. Yeah yeah I actually got you know what uh, even though I've seen the movie before, the twist worked where the lesbian was secretly working for him. <laughs> that worked, you know. I'd forgotten about that actually. So that, yeah. that was a legitimately surprising. When when she ah. when she started eating the chicken, I'm like, oh yeah, th- this was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why this came up, but <laughs> they use that car park a lot in trauma movies. Just want to say that for a start. I swear that's like one of the main sets in <laughs> Citizen Toxie. Okay, but uh, it really reminded me that scene where they're outside. I don't know, just the lighting, the location, and the general tone of her eating the burger, and everyone being like, yay, yum, yum, and the, the general's like cheering, and the, it reminded me of the scene in Pootie Tang, mm-hmm. where fake Pootie Tang is taught, and is David Cross. David Cross, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that. I don't know why. <laughs> it just had Pootie Tang energy to me. It's not, it's not necessarily one-to-one, but just, I would watch, like... Here's what I'll say. I would watch Pootie Tang after this. For some reason, I'm up for watching Pootie Tang, which is a phrase often used. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a fun, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun movie. Um, but yeah, I uh, another moment that I I actually thoroughly enjoyed was uh, uh there there's the. <laughs> The, at the very end, the the Native American guy who throws up, like, oh no, he's turning into a zombie chicken thing, oh, and then it's like, oh no, he's just what was it? He's like, loaded. Was he's it? just loaded, and the way she says it, he's just loaded, and then there's like thumbs up, like it's just such a nightmare world, and I I thoroughly enjoyed that joke. What about you? Any kind of uh, other moments that really uh, worked for you on this rewatch, or ones that perhaps were bigger in your memory than they um, were here? I, I guess just to go back to the point you were saying about when the colonel gets introduced, 
I didn't necessarily, you know, love him or anything like that. I think he was fine. Um, but I kind of was waiting for him to show up because I remember that he kind of pushes the plot along mm. to get to the, you know, actual horror part of this horror musical. Yes. Um, cause yeah, he shows up right at the end, right after the Heavenly Slow fast food love song. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of spurs along like, oh, we have to feed these people this stuff that's clearly, you know, mutated because mm. of Native American, uh, dead bodies. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, like I was waiting for him, but not necessarily, you know, for the love of him. Again, I think he was all right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the elements that frustrates me is the monster movie part of this monster movie. Mm-hmm. You set it up at the beginning that there's zombies underneath the ground fingering people's buttholes and killing them, and it's it's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then nothing happens with the monsters, like, for ages and ages and ages. Like, I know that they're doing little creature things like, oh, the this guy gets mangled up by this chicken and whatever, but really what I'm saying is I was waiting for what we get to eventually being the big explosive, like, everybody's turned into chicken zombies thing. It happens so much earlier in the movie. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I was expecting that stuff to kick in way earlier. Yeah, that's kind of what I was alluding to when I mentioned, like, there were a few too many, like, you know, sex gags where mm. all, most of those happened before the zombies came and it kind of felt like, okay, could we skip over to, you know, the, the, the selling point, the thing the title's talking about? Yeah, you know. And correct me if I'm wrong, I might I may have just blocked this out of my brain, because mm-hmm. there are a few sex things. Yep. Did they not even do the classic someone's having sex with somebody who turns into a chicken thing? Did they do that? Uh they they, they had the guy puts obvious mutant creature on his dick. That doesn't count. I'm that, not no, talking no. about like I'm talking about like guy has sex with lady, lady turns into chicken pecks him that would have been fun yeah i I don't recall it i think the closest thing is after the not lesbian dies like rb thinks that you know wendy's crying over her death and then when he comes back it's like what are you guys doing yes yes and there's the priest he's like maybe she's being attacked by one of those demons and she's actually very sorrowful but she's asking for your help to save her life and rb's like please I sincerely doubt that. I said something like that that. (laughs) (laughs) it's like why you've seen crazy (laughs) things happening because she's a whore. That's why. <laughs> no, I um, the priest. He was fun. I enjoyed him and his wig. Yeah, that he kept adjusting. <laughs> wish he wish he was in it a bit more. Oh, I have a fun but sad trivia fact. You know the really Jared, which was also a fun joke. Jared in the movie. Yes, played by a famous morbid obese trauma actor guy. That, that's where I was going to go to. Yeah, you'll be you'll be shocked to know he's no longer with us. No, I know he's. He died of a heart attack. I know you're surprised. I'm surprised. It was one of those where I saw him in the movie and said, oh, he must no longer be with us. No, yeah, he's... He must be very much no longer with us. He played a phone sex worker in Trauma and Juliet. Of course he did. Of course he did. He. um, I remember he was also a big fan of Citizen Toxie. Who wasn't? Um, uh, Yeah, he he was good, though. I enjoyed him. Mm. I was... Okay, I don't know how you feel about this. I know that they like to use practical effects and and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why so many fake butts in the movie? There were just so many fake butt buttocks in this film. I was like, why aren't you just using real butts? There's like one or two times where they use a real person's butt. And then there's so many times where it's like fake butts. I'm like, why are we using fake butts? You ever had 
poo all over your bum. It's not pleasant. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Like, like. Also, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, fake dicks. You know, just don't, they, they don't feel the same. Don't don't pussy out, man. Lloyd. You know, if you're gonna show the tits, show the dicks. Just saying, like, the beginning where the pervert guy's wanking with an obvious, like, fake penis. I was like, okay, I know what you're doing, you're being charming, but you know what? Show us a real dick. Cowards. No, there's probably some reason you're not allowed to show an erect... If they showed an erect penis, then it would be a porn. Right, yeah. <laughs> an actual penis, not and, and one they, of those fake penis. And they weren't allowed to do any of the sex stuff in the, in the restaurant, so they had to do it in the church basement. <laughs> And that wasn't even my favorite trivia point. Yeah. <laughs> did you read the trivia by any chance? I did read a lot of the trivia. Not all, but I read a good handful of it. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting production overall. Any of the facts that you want to go through that you really fancied? Uh, well, just in terms of the facts, uh, the fact that this film, you know, it is such a low budget thing that for sure didn't earn its money back. <laughs> um, but that... Even when it was pre-pre-production, like, so many people were so invested in, you know, getting this film done, working for free, traveling halfway across the world from, you know, countries in Europe and even Australia. Mm. It's just a really cool thing to read about. Even if you don't like the film very much, it's, you know, people put their heart and soul into it. Real people made this. Yeah. Um, what I was getting at with the trivia is that, my biggest laugh was from reading the trivia about the sound editor, if you read that one, <laughs> yes. where he felt really insulted and disrespected that this film had so many cartoonish Flintstone sound effects. <laughs> I was just losing it. He's like, they clearly do not respect sound editors. Just, I had a really good laugh reading that. I really like the story about how some random guy got a DVD. <laughs> the controversy. And how it was like a DVD cleaner or yeah. something, and he put th- it in, and it was this movie, and he was like, "This is the worst thing. It's extra. This is triple X. Triple X. This is awful. I'm gonna sue. It didn't go anywhere. But like, I love that. That was a controversy, <laughs> and it's like, who put that disc in there? Is <laughs> the real? He was the real question. Who did that? Um, who's to blame? So somebody who put that disc in that DVD yeah, the, the company and then sent it off. And the, they're like, yeah. what's the company? But it's like, are they related to Troma in the, any way? Yeah, the store that sold him the DVD said that whoever packaged it would have been responsible for it. Someone's very funny. Mm. That's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know what? I'm wrapping up my time at this job. I'm going to put some Troma films in here and see if well, anyone my, notices. Well, my favorite thing is that the person clearly watched far enough to see something... Or, or, you know, I mean, give the enough movie of it. Opens up. I know it opens up on it, but it sounds like they saw a good chunk of it before they cast their judgment. All they needed was five minutes to see the finger break off into the guy's <laughs> butthole and then go, you know what? XX rated, I think. Like Stefan, is this a porn you're making us watch? What is this nasty, nasty film? Overall, I'm a little bit middling on this on the rewatch for myself i i didn't hate it necessarily but i i commend as always with any of these lower budget filmmakers and ones who are doing it for fun which they you know obviously there's a business element to it of course but obviously they're doing it for fun that you 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 can't help but commend and enjoy and you understand i understand that there are people out there who will not like this and who will hate this and hell elements of this movie i hate and didn't like but the the uh, that sense of community that you're bringing up and that sense of 
we're going to make something, we're real people and we're going to make something ourselves, is really present here. And that's infect- infectious in its own way and can really skate a movie by. Oh, another trauma film I've seen is Surf Nazis Must Die. Is that the name of the movie? I've heard the name. I've seen yeah. that one too. Not good. Uh, but um, Not Surf Ninjas. Not Surf Ninjas. No, no. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but overall... I did enjoy rewatching this, revisiting it, but I don't know if I'd really be hungry to come back to it. I feel like I still would rather want to watch Toxic Avenger or Citizen Toxie. I'm curious about Tromeo and Juliet. I'm obviously would love to watch Cannibal the Musical again. Uh, Sarge, this this belongs in Sergeant Kabuki Man territory for me, where it's like, oh, I'm glad I've seen it. I've seen it twice now. Uh, I'm not, like, loathing the fact that I've watched it, but, uh, you know, it didn't leave as big of a mark for me. There's going to be some things I I think about and chuckle about, going, haha, that was a funny visual or funny little thing that they did. And obviously there are those elements that it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they did that because it's so, as we've talked about, politically incorrect, but that's the point. Uh, Like, I loved all the... uh, islam muslim jokes that they threw in this movie and how fucking wild it was but also like how for the majority of the movie she's like the one character that's treated the most respectfully until the very end of course um but that's what i expected so that's kind of my like big diatribe about uh about this one what about you yeah, I'm pretty similar. Like, this is a movie that for a long time I've said I really liked. Revisiting it this morning, you know, kind of hit me with reality that maybe I've grown up a bit or maybe, I don't know. But but having done this episode now, I've come, I feel more of a balanced, come to terms with it a bit. Yeah. To be honest, I was kind of expecting this to be a bit more like our uh, Dude, Where's My Car episode? Because when I first recommended the film, you had a big reaction to it that threw me off. Mm-hmm. And then I hung out with you and your wife, Rachel, afterwards, and she had a big reaction when you <laughs> recommended I'm like, oh, God, I've I've set myself up to give these to a miserable time. And now we've had this really long break. So, yeah, when we come back, it's going to be good. Except that they're going to have a miserable time and I'm going to get lambasted well, for it. Well, but. <laughs> here's the difference between this and Dude, Where's My Car? This commits yeah. to a fault. That was the thing I had with Dude, Where's My Car? Is It felt like a movie that pussied out in a lot of fashions. Like I wanted it to be more extreme than it was. Yeah. And then there's obviously stuff where they were problematic, not on an on purposely funny way like this movie is doing. Like... You know, there are going to be people who get upset at the homophobia and the racism and the bigotry and that that this is he that this movie has. Of course, and if you feel that way, I'm not going to be a judgmental of you. That's understandable. But it's done deliberately with a comedic uh, voice to it. While in Dude, Where's My Car? It was just like, huh. yeah, it was trans a lo- people exist. It, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, <laughs> that it, was it. It was a lot more like of the times treating it. Mm. My wording was, you know, treating it normally, but like the mistreating it normally. Yeah, the normalized yeah. bigotry of yeah. the times in- that we've outgrown. While here, this is so comedically pushed bigotry that it is it comes around to being absurdist and funny. Just like with Team America, right? Where Team America is, you know, 
having a large go at America itself, but also Islam and all these other things. But it's like they're marionette puppets. Yeah. And, and the- they're saying like Durka Durka and you can't. It's like it's so silly that it washes away the legitimacy of like, to me at least, of like the real yeah, world bigotry that's being put to him. Yeah. And of course, this is the big, big point that. A lot of people, you know, when they criticize something for mentioning insensitive things, just because you have it in the film doesn't mean that you're promoting it. Mm -hmm. These characters are clearly, you know, not meant to be role models or liked. You know, the fact that they are saying, you know, racist or homophobic things is a point against them as characters. Yeah, And And the movie... The movie is, although not as overtly as some other dark comedies would do, it is... It is judgmental of our main... Like, they know that everybody's horrible in this, and it's a celebration of everybody being horrible. Yeah. Not saying that we need to be horrible like them, but there is a catharsis and a secondhand enjoyment of watching bad things, bad people, bad things being done to people. And that's what this is and, appealing. Yeah. This, is a, this is why it's a part of cult cinema. B cinema and exploitation cinema is... There's that element to all of those movies where you love watching the grimy, dirty, gross people being rude, mean, and there's, there's a varying qualities yeah. of that. There's a reason why it's not controversial that they die at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one thing I want to end on. Is there's a famous thing about Roger Corman where he he has in his movies if they've got a car. They gotta blow it up. <laughs> you know, you gotta spend your money and blow up the car. And when this movie was happening and they were driving in the car, I said, oh, they've got to blow this up. And then the movie ends with them blowing it up gloriously. And then it ends. That's done. Yeah. And then there's like little bloopers. And so the- I guess yeah, the the big difference is Roger Corman has to blow it up. Troma has to show the car blowing up yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's from Sergeant Kabuki Man and Lloyd Kaufman just keeps putting in all his films. <laughs> he puts in every one of them. But uh, I think that's it. For um, for this, unless you have more to say about poultry, guys. Um, I guess the only other thing was, even though I compared it to Dude, Where's My Car? There it was more our episodes. In terms of actually comparing films, I was thinking of uh, Freddy Got Fingered a lot more, because mm-hmm. that one was also, you know, purposely trying to go for a lot of shock things. Yeah, and as we talked about, and people can listen to, I find Freddy Got Fingered to be way more interesting of a movie because of what type of movie and who made the movie and the fact that it was a legitimate big Hollywood block, like Hollywood made movie, and Tom Green got to do whatever the fuck he wanted, and it, we got Freddie got fingered. Yeah, that's different than Lloyd and his like little company, and they can do whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's it. That is it for me. Yep. Uh, that's it, everybody. Good night. Uh, yeah, no, podcast over. New host. Uh, new host. Who will it be? Oh, my God. You get to vote. You get to vote. You decide. Do you want Bartek to come back again? Or do you want... Sorry, Bartek. Someone else. You've been know. voted off the island. You've got to leave. It's really annoying to get to this island for Isn't every episode. Isn't really sad to remember that Joe Rogan, his big thing of his career was he was the host of Survivor? So he was the guy that said, you're off the island. Oh, wasn't he Fear Factor? Fear Factor. Fuck. They're the same show where it's like people <laughs> on an island doing shit. I'm sorry, Joe. 
I take it back. I'll remove myself off of Spotify for as an apology. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I am the one recommending the next episode. And I've been going back and forth on a few things. You've had time. <laughs> I've had time, but I haven't been decisive enough. Ah. I've been thinking, oh, do I want to do a comedy? Oh, do I want to do a long sweeping drama? Oh, do I want to do a small film? Or do I want to do a new film or an old, old film? And I've landed on something that we've talked about fairly recently, you know, in the canon of the podcast, not in real time. Yep. I want to talk about the first Mad Max movie. Ooh, I own it on DVD, so that's very easy for me. I own them all. Ah. I own all four of the Mad Max films. But I want to talk about the first one. So that one day we could also talk about Road Warrior. But I I have a lot of feelings about the first movie, and I often and one of those things is people talk about it in a very uh offhanded manner because of the other films yeah but i'm i'm curious i want to revisit it i want to give it over give it a look over i have a soft spot for the mad max movies they're not my personal favorites but i i like how we talked about here about low budget filmmaking and a community of people making something they want to make and we respect that I have that immensely for the Mad Max films, even the bigger ones like Fury Road has that kind of quality. It was like, man, he did it. So I'm looking forward and wanting to talk about the first Mad Max, Maximilian. Yeah, tr- truthfully, this is one that I felt like, oh, maybe if a lot of time passes, I might even recommend it just because I've seen it once and mm-hmm. would like to check it out again. So I'm happy with that. So people, make sure to check out uh, Mad Max. Uh, the Mad Max, Mad Max the. Uh, in the interim of time, uh, you can check us out on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. Spit and Polish Presents. Uh, you can email us at spitandpolished at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, you can contact us on any of those. It's all in the description. If you want to suggest a movie for us to cover on the pod, we will add it to our list of movies that are recommended. That's right. You recommend a movie, we'll be most likely to do it at some point down the road. We did. We did. For fuck's sake. So we're up for anything. Uh, well, when I say anything, you know, within reason, it has to be a movie for a start. Yeah, if it's a movie, we're up for anything. We're up for anything. Well, if you can give me a copy of The Day the Clown Cried, I would really <laughs> love that. <laughs> I'd love to do that on the pod. So uh, that is it, Bartek. A pleasure to be back recording, talking to you, talking about movies, getting uh, uh, 2022 coverage started. Oh, yes, New Year. Happy New Year, Bartek. Thank you. Uh, now... As we always say, be kind to one another, whatever I used to say. What was it? Uh, I think that's it. Yes. Be kind. Be kind to each other. Be kind to each other, listening people. Whatever. Peace (laughs) on earth. Stop it. Just stop peace. (laughs) Just. I think think that's what Putin's doing. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) World, stop it. Don't do that. Imagine if our small podcast got heard (laughs) By the, you know the people I'm talking about. We won't, we won't name them. They know who they are, the movers and shakers that are making things happen. Oh, I've already said Putin's name. I didn't. So shut up. Well, I've said it twice. What happens if I'm talking about the Ukrainians? Hmm? Maybe I'm pro-Russia. You don't know my choice. No, 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 no. Of course, if he listens to this, stop it. And then he will. He's a big, you know, he's a big supporter of the Polish podcasting community listen Vlad I saw the new South Park episode they make fun of you stop it before they go further <laughs> <laughs>